0: listeners we're back you're back excuse me listening to the spinoff show here on the jock and nerd podcast or affiliated with the jock and nerd podcast Uh, my name's anthony and on this episode i have a guy that is a friend of the show someone that is or has been on the show a couple times now Um, so you know him if you've been listening to jock and nerd his name is scott weinstein he is the co-producer of weekend update on saturday night live where he's worked for over 20 years. Along with that, he's also a writer with a recently released book on Amazon.com called Team of Steves, which you should definitely check out. Um, He's also done a web comic called After School Agent. So I really enjoyed uh, having Scott on. We talked about SNL. We talked about his book, Team of Steves. We talked about where comedy is going, how that interacts with social media, the future of SNL, and a lot of other stuff. It was a really enjoyable conversation i enjoyed having uh scott on he's a great addition to this episode and uh you're gonna check it out now this is the jock spin-off show Scott, i know it's a late night so thanks for coming on what's up man
1: not much thanks for having me i appreciate <laughs> it
0: i know you had to put the kids to sleep you like you mentioned earlier off air that's a that's a task huh
1: it's always a task yeah i have a five-year-old almost six-year-old and a, and a three-year-old and when, uh, i'm sorry go.
0: well i was gonna say when does that
1: get better i don't know <laughs> i haven't heard i think they eventually put themselves to bed i think it's like it's a it's a pain in the ass, a pain in the ass, and they're teenagers, and they don't want anything to do with you. And I don't know if there's a, like, I think it's just a switch that flips, and they stop talking to you. Um,
0: yeah, I, I think that it, I was watching Big Mouth the other day mm-hmm. on Netflix.
1: Yeah, it was a great it, show. Yeah,
0: it's so funny. And I think the first or second episode, there the girl has her has her period, and then her little inner demons like, okay, you had an embarrassing moment. Now is the time when your mom comes in your room to check on you to just be crazy yeah it's crazy it's literally just a flipping a flipping of the switch and She's already like i hate you i hate I, you mom. i
1: love that the, her hormone monster is so funny just like that <laughs> <laughs> well she's like i calls the mom by the first name she's like Sher-
2: sharon <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah she's, call her call her by her first name yeah and just start yelling something, yeah. something along those lines so yeah, i think i think i think that's the evolution of being like and then like as a when you become a teenager then you go to college sort of if you do go to college, the college age is when you start to be like, "Oh man, like, I think I liked my parents. I think they yeah. were all right.
1: I think when you see the world is hard, and like, yeah, I think- it's like it's like when you escape
0: when you escape your bubble of I live at my parents' house. I'm going to school. They take me to school. Now I go home. I can ask them for whatever I want because I don't really have any money, and they're just going to provide it for me unless." You have like some crazy hard like crazy parents that make you work from a young age you you're gonna have to like you get things until yeah. like you're probably fifteen or sixteen, yeah, and then and you get help with things after that yeah yeah really then, I, it might not even be till after college that you really start to
1: I, yeah I think when you like you have to start paying bills and like finding a doctor and and grown yeah. up things are like how the fuck did I do this <laughs> <laughs> i then, remember, I remember when I first moved to New York and I like I need it's definitely after college I don't think I saw a doctor for like five years, and then after college like I should get a doctor like and this was infancy years of the internet so it wasn't like you didn't just google it right and I was like, how where are doctors like the only doctor I ever knew is one from back in Norfolk I'm like, I don't think he wants to see me anymore <laughs> and yeah so that was that was that I remember being a very moment of like I think my parents. I knew something I didn't know.
0: Right? Yeah, I remember in college, my parents still helped me out, like, pay my bills during college. So even then, I was appreciative, but I didn't really realize it until after college when I was like, oh, wait, like, I need to get a job. Yeah. How do I do that? Yeah. <laughs> Who do that's, I talk to?
1: What right, do I even do? What is it? Where do you get a resume? How do you make right, it look? Right.
0: Yeah, that's that's when you start to, like... So you basically, what I'm telling you is they will... uh be a pain in the butt till after school I think that's so. what it yeah. seems like
1: then they're then they're sweet then I don't know, my daughter's figured out my daughter's figured out how to work us very quickly she's so she's three and she'll like, yeah she'll get in trouble and then we'll get- bat, mad at her, and she'll start laughing, but like <laughs> it's like ah, i'm cute, you love me right I'm like <laughs> ah, God, you really are really cute <laughs> And it's hard not to laugh. How,
0: at her. It's hard to it's hard to not it's hard to not laugh and stay mad. Yeah, And I like, uh. ah,
1: find you win. Like her, my son will. It just is a fight. I mean, well, we we always have power struggles, but like um, <laughs> now, but she's figured out. She girls are so much smarter than guys. I, it's so watching my kids grow up. I'm like, oh, they we we were always outclassed. Guys <laughs> never had a chance. They
0: girls just, seem to figure it out quicker. Guys are still like just bumping into things and like hitting their head on the wall numerous times, like proverbially. Yeah. Whereas, whereas girls like figure out the game pretty quickly.
1: Yeah. It's fun. I've, I've been enjoying watching my sons and just finished kindergarten and it's fun to watch him with like, he's still, you know, there's, he's still got girlfriends and boyfriends. so Like they, you know, he, he goes back and forth. Like they don't, there's neither is like, I only want to play with boys now. or I only want to play with girls. So mm-hmm. it's still like, hang out together and um it's funny watching especially like birthday parties. watching the the boys and the girls and like you see the girls like watch the boys just like run into walls and be like (laughs) that doesn't seem right i don't know (laughs) those boys are really dumb yeah very dumb (laughs) well
0: i didn't have i mean we could talk about children the whole time but before we continue on that stuff or whatever we want to talk about um Scott, you've been on Jock and Nerd twice? Yes. Twice? Mm-hmm. And you know Imran personally. Yes. And you know, oh, I think we've had a few other guests that you might know. Um, but the reason, well, not the main reason, the, the, the main reason that uh, Imran had you on, besides being your friend, is that you, uh, you do some cool stuff, I guess, right? I try to, yeah. What, what are some of the things you try to be cool at?
1: Um, I've been, uh, I wrote a book, um, book called team of Steve's. Uh, yep. It's a YA sci-fi book. It's available on Amazon. So go look up team of Steve's on team of Steve's on Amazon. And, uh, I think it's still, uh, if you have Kindle unlimited, it's still free. Um, or you could just be cool and buy the paperback. Yeah, just buy it. Um, I did that. I, uh, I wrote, uh, I wrote some comic book stuff uh, a few years ago, which was a lot of fun. Um, those, are, those are mainly it. And then <laughs> uh, way back in the day, uh, my buddies and I used to shoot little videos just before the internet, just before YouTube came out. We were, we would do these little vi- short videos, and we loved doing it. And um, and they're like, how do we show these to people? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like two weeks later, YouTube started. And like, yeah, all right. Damn ship had sailed. <laughs> but um yeah, so we, I try to do uh little creative projects on the side. You're um, very um humble. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you didn't lead with the the thing I would have thought you would lead with.
1: Oh with my job. Well with my break like my day job? Yeah, with Saturday night. Yeah, okay, so I'm i my day job is I'm a producer for Saturday Night Live. Um and that is I've been doing that for twenty three years now, I think. Wow. Yeah. It's been a while. <laughs>
0: You started that. How old were you when you started doing that?
1: I was an intern. I started as an intern. I was twenty-two, I think. Oh wow, is that right? Yeah, I was twenty-two. Yeah, because so I had a, I transferred and lost a couple of years, and, and so I was still a junior. So yeah, I was like twenty-two when I was in my junior year, and um, uh, yeah, so I've been I've been there kicking around for a very long time. Uh, They've been nice enough to let me stick around and. Um, now I am the, uh, I'm co-producer of Weekend Update. That's been my, I've been doing that specifically since two, no, 19, nine, 1998. Jeez. Um, I started when Colin Quinn was doing it and, um, sorry, I just saw that my, my wife's watching the debate. I just saw that woman, Marianne Williamson's on. <laughs> Did you see the first debate with her?
0: I uh, I did not I watched a little bit of it but I, the name doesn't ring a bell or anything
1: no she, I don't know who she is apparently she's like the self-help guru like she had Oprah like got her going or something huh. she's such an awesome space cadet she's so fantastic <laughs> she's the, she just like was talking about like what we really need to do to beat Trump is we need love and we need oh know. geez like oh my god you're this, not this is a great platform to run on it really is. But she is a real good space case. It was fantastic. Um, uh, I'm sorry. So, uh, um, <laughs> so yeah, what were you talking about? Um, weekend update. Yes, yeah, so I've been uh, doing weekend update ni- since 98. I started um, working when Colin Quinn was doing it. And uh, I've um, kind of worked my way up. I, I was I started as an assistant. And then sort of as people came and went, I started taking more and more responsibility on. And um. One day I fooled them all, and now I'm a co-producer of the segment.
0: Look at you. Yeah. You've made it. Yeah. Well, before we get into the Saturday Night Live stuff, I got to get – we. the last time we had you on, we had you on because a team of Steve's. Mm-hmm. How's everything going
1: with that? Good. Good. Yeah. Uh, wait, I want to give a little brief synopsis of it. So if it yeah. Because I know everyone was like you, – if you're listening now, you went to Amazon and you looked it up. You looked it up already. Yeah, so you looked it up, and you're like hovering over the the click to buy button because you're buying the paperback because that's super cool of you. Yes. Um, the uh, the the elevator pitch is, team of Steve's is about this 15-year-old kid named Steve who, dis, who comes face-to-face with his doppelgangers from other dimensions, and he decides to use them to try to make his life better, and in the process sort of makes his life more complicated. Uh, and... Ultimately, has to figure out how to get them home, and it's it's a it's funny, some light sci-fi, um, mm-hmm. some good high school jinx, uh, hijinks, um, and uh, I think it's a it's a, a very enjoyable book. And uh, I think if you're looking for a good fun summer read, that is the one. It's good for all ages. Mm-hmm. I believe it's good for all ages. If you're, uh, I've heard from a lot of grandmas who seem to enjoy it. Um, which is nice, grandmas. Look at you Gra- cornering the market. I've cornered the market, grandmas. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it's it's a fun. It's a lot of fun, um, and I'm very proud of it.
0: So. There you go. This, oh, I'm glad. I'm glad it's out. Glad it's doing well for you. So number yes. one, good. Good to hear on that. Yeah.
1: Um, and uh, go ahead. Oh, so yeah. I don't know if anyone's buying it right now. Um, I got to figure out how to. Do you
0: get like notifications from Amazon every time it gets you can, something? It's bought. You can
1: no, you don't get notifications, but there, um, there's a whole dashboard where you can like follow along with who's downloaded it. Um, it's a really interesting uh, interface for um, uh, the Kindle version mm-hmm. because with you know, with the paperback, you can it tracks how many you've actually sold, but with the Kindle, it tracks how many pages people have read.
2: Mm-hmm. So this oh, is another thing. Cool. If,
1: if anyone's at home, you can get it and just flip through it real quick. And just go through all, you know, it's like two. It's, I, on Kindle, I think it's like two hundred fifty, three hundred pages. Flip through till the end, and it looks like you read the whole book, and I get credit for it. Um, but yeah, it tracks how many people, have, uh, how many pages people have read, and then after a certain number of pages, you get credit for having a full book read. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole interesting whole process they've got. It's f- f- four ninety nine on Kindle,
0: or is it still free?
1: It's four ninety nine, but if you have Kindle Unlimited, it's free.
0: Is Kindle right. Unlimited like a... Yeah, I've seen that. Is that like a, a subscription based?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it looks like it, it is. It may be... If you have Amazon Prime too, you may get that as well. Got it. It's yeah, it looks like that umbrella. 10 bucks a month. Yeah, something like whatever, whatever Amazon Prime is. Sure, sure. Um, but uh, Yeah, so that's... Um, I, I think it's doing well. I, I, I mean, I, I've got a do more to, to get people to read it. How did you, um,
0: yeah. What, what was your, did you have any sort of strategy? Like you wrote it, then how did you f- go about getting it out there like promoting it and all that?
1: Um, I'm doing Facebook ads. Um, mm-hmm. I did a, try to do little ads on Amazon. There's a whole science that I just got to kind of, I've got to figure out. I have not really kind of done that. I'm, I'm it's, t- it, it's part of this trilogy. Mm. Um, so I've got book one done, and I had done drafts of book two and three, and so now I'm rewriting book two to hopefully get that out by next year. So I've sort of gotten tied up into so the rewriting of it, and I'm I have not been a very I have not been a very been doing a very good job of marketing, and I've got to kind of go back to that soon. But um,
0: I mean that the the marketing aspect in and of itself is kind of like a like a just another part of work that you have to do like it's not it's not something that you can just turn on for an hour
1: no it's uh, yeah it it definitely is takes a lot of concentration and a lot of sort of knowing what you do there are a lot of classes out there to take Um, i've got a buddy of mine who um, david Cassie is a very good writer he has got also search him he's got a whole library now on uh on amazon of books that he's self-published um and he's he took a class that he said was very very helpful um but uh, if you yeah. could take
0: that class and relay the message to me and Imran, that'd be great.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> um, how are you guys? How, how are your numbers? Our numbers are pretty solid.
0: I mean, they they've they've steadily grown over the years. At first, we kind of just did word of mouth, friends and family kind of marketing, mm-hmm. and oh, oh, just being consistent over time. People just started finding our show. Mm -hmm. I know that Imran, when he posts on WordPress, he does a lot of SEO stuff, and WordPress kind of helps you out with that. What's SEO stuff? Search engine optimization. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, if you look up certain words, we come up, or we're one of the first five things to show up. Oh wow! Um, Yeah, and then we we've dabbled in some marketing. I mean, we've had a lot of different. Like, we did some Facebook stuff. We did. we have our own Twitter, you know. We do social media. Uh, we've invested in some marketing with some different sites that guarantee you a certain amount of downloads or something. It's really kind of like screaming into the abyss mm-hmm. with podcasting. So we we we're still trying to figure that out. Um, but we're at the point where we don't lose money every month with this. Okay, we actually, break even, or actually, we make a little bit of money to now buy new equipment or. Support us, go into the movie theater to review movies, to then review for the show. So it's like it's actually good now. It's at a point where um, you know we don't feel like it's a burden, and we never felt like it was a burden. But now it's at a point where we can feel good about it every day.
1: That's great. Um, What what are your expenses?
0: Uh, Well, we have hosting fees on Libsyn, so Libsyn is where all the files live every month to to upload Uh, website fees. Um, And I believe there's a couple other fees associated with just some of the platforms we're on. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not a huge amount, but um, there is costs literally every month for doing what we're doing. Gotcha. So it's not, it's not totally free. No, no, it's not, not at all free. Right. Like not, like it's not even like, Oh, like 10 bucks a month, whatever. It's probably, I think it's probably like, 70 60 bucks a month somewhere oh, around there okay yeah. all
1: right that is a, that's a decent chunk of change
0: right and then you have to in figure two we and when we first started we had to buy all the equipment and buy all the stuff so i remember it being like a probably 12 to 1500 hundred dollar investment oh yeah
1: yeah okay that's, that's not something you jump off right you do get and, into lightly yeah
0: der- the funny thing is is when me and imran first started this it was literally in a car Talking about, hey, we should do a podcast. I brought it up to Imran. Imran was off for two weeks dealing with some family stuff. In that two weeks, he bought all the equipment, learned how to do a podcast, and then said, okay, I got all the equipment. Here, let me get 600 bucks from you. (laughs) I'm like, all right, we're doing this. (laughs) So in a way, we kind of did just jump off the deep end and start doing it.
1: Oh, you guys did a great job. That's really impressive. Thank you. yeah. It's
0: it's all Imran. He really does all the work. I just <laughs> kind of show up and talk, and then he does all the work. But he likes doing it.
1: Yeah. No. He gets real focused on that stuff. I mean, that was that was definitely how he was in college. He just yeah. find something he wanted to do and was like, just boom. Well, if, for
0: him, it's he as he explains it to me, it's everything he likes to do wrapped up in one. So he mm-hmm. loves to talk. Yeah. He loves comic books and movies. Mm-hmm. He likes kind of like editing and website designing. He likes drawing which we has to do for like a lot of our images and stuff on our website. He likes mm-hmm. graphic design. So like and, he, and he's was in when he was in college, I believe he was on high school or uh, college radio. Mm-hmm. So he has oh, some yeah. familiarity with sound engineering as well. So it's literally yeah. all the things he likes wrapped into one thing.
1: I that was there was a uh, that's a that's very good. I've, that's always very impressive of him. Um, the college radio station we went to Pratt. Mm-hmm. Um, I think literally broadcast just across the campus like I it was had just enough power I don't know if you're, f- you're f- familiar with the physical layout of Pratt at all but it's about two or three square city blocks in Brooklyn and I think the radio station was in Willoughby Hall if I'm correct maybe I'm wrong but anyways it, it basically broadcast it, you you could have used one of those Radio Shack CB radios and like <laughs> had the same power. Sure, but um, yeah, they yeah, I remember he used to do that. That was cool.
0: Yeah, he. I mean, he loves to talk. So this is that that was probably awesome for him, and that kind of spurred his eventual progression to doing a podcast. He had told me that he got like a book on doing podcasts back in like two thousand five, and mm. just never never ended up doing it until. I kind of was like, Hey, we should do this together.
1: Wow. That's great. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So for back to team of Steve's Mm. just in the, in the creative process, how long does it take to write a book? Um, I'm sure it's different for everybody, but
1: for for me, it took this, the first book took about five years. Um, I, yeah, from writing, from really putting the first words on paper to the end was totally about five years. Um, I got probably would have taken a little less time, but I finished, I think, maybe the second draft of the first book and I was talking to my friend David, um, who uh, he said that one of the big, I was sort of catching up with him and talking about what I was doing, and he said, yeah, there's a in self-publishing world, series tend to do better because people, they go to the site, they see one book, they just think, they kind of write it off and ignore right. it. You see that he's got a couple of books and read it. People tend to think, well, right, there's something to this person. And so I had, when I finished the first book, there was a point, a very easy point at the end where it could have changed it and it become, a, it lent itself nicely to a longer sh- story So I didn't want to finish the the first book and then, like, start the second book and get into the third book and realize if I had changed one tiny thing in book one, my life would have been easier in book three. And now I've written myself into a corner. So I wanted to have everything on paper, have everything Mm -hmm. kind of laid out. So what I did was I did rough drafts of two and three just to know where I really clearly know where everything was going. Not that things aren't going to change, but once I felt like I got to through book three and kind of felt like I know, I know what, I know what this is now. I then went back and really focused on book two or book one. And that took a little longer than I thought I got, um, I went through and I kind of got to a point where I I thought I'm done. And so I ended up uh, hiring a person I thought would be a, copy editor and she was, this when Bethany was great. Um, and she also did some sort of editing, editing and, and, uh, she's finished the, finished her pass and sent me back a bunch of notes and they were really great notes. Um, but they were also involved notes. So I had to go, that was like another year of going back and rewriting that. And, um, and then I finally kind of got it to another point where I was pretty happy and I sent it back to her and she had a few more light notes and I, And put those in and then I was like, all right, now it's really done. And then, then I had to go and do the formatting and um, which I I had some experience with like with Photoshop and, and with um, formatting and and word. And uh, I had a couple of programs for formatting to uh, ebook, but it's a time consuming process and you have to Mm -hmm. go through and do it. So that, that in itself took God, that part probably took two or three months of just the formatting and getting it all put together. Um, but then, yeah, so that was uh, five years. About
0: five years for this, the one book.
1: Yeah, hopefully, two will be out much sooner than that. Yeah, I was gonna say,
0: what's what's the timeline for you? I'd really
1: optimistically, love, I'd, for I'd the love next to two. have it out by uh, next spring. if so this. Ne- yeah um, next
0: spring and then you you're planning to do a third right
1: yeah and then the third I think is third actually hopefully will go will may take a little longer that's that's the roughest right now mm. that's um the second book I' had managed to do a second draft on and uh the third one is it's kind of a fleshed out outline mm-hmm. it's sort of underplaying what it is, but it's it needs to be expanded a lot so i have the third one's gonna have a lot more work involved in it
0: yeah that was, that was gonna be my question is like do you when you started this whole process did you have an outline for three books or is it like you did the one and you're like okay i'm gonna keep this going and now you've got you know second one done and a third outline in your mind and you're kind of just every day coming up with new stuff or how do, i don't even know how does this work
1: well i did i outlined um i the f- each book i outlined separately but uh, the for the whole series, I sort of, I very quickly knew like what book two would be and what book three would be, what the general gist of each of them would be. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so then when I started with each book, I did do a a outline. I would, I would go through and hit all the major story points. So like the, there's the inciting incident, the first plot point, the, the midpoint, second plot point, and then the ending. And then within that outline, then I just keep fleshing out all the little steps to get in between those different uh, milestones in the book. And once I sort of got to a point where I each, I kind of knew what each chapter was, then I would go, then I was ready to kind of get started actually writing the words. And I would sit down and every day I would start on a chapter and I would, I had sort of the three or four sentences. I knew what that chapter was and I would flesh out that chapter a little bit in my head of what, okay, well, I know where this is going to be. well Now what's the arc of this chapter? What's going to happen in this chapter? Mm -hmm. And so I would just kind of flesh out a mini outline of that chapter. And then I just go through and start plugging away at the, at that writing that chapter and step by step, you get to the end and get to, then you get to the finish, finish the last page and then you have to go back and, reread everything and rewrite everything and um make
0: sure like all connects properly
1: oh yeah and there's especially with the first book there were things i just i would start and i would get to it i realized this isn't working i just drop it and so i now i have to go back i have this character that doesn't exist in the rest of the book now i gotta like write him out of the first five chapters and so that's a whole extensive thing and um yeah, it takes, uh, it, it takes a while. Um, but it's, it's rewarding. I enjoy, I've enjoyed it a lot. I got to say it's, it's been, I needed, it was a creative itch I needed to scratch and I'm, I'm very glad I've been doing it.
0: So when you were doing like, were you do this every day? Cause you, you're doing this on top of your full-time job, which is also
1: writing. Yeah. It took a while to find out, find that rhythm. Um, I, uh, I initially, with SNL, we have, we do have a lot of off time. So we do 20, 22 episodes a year, depending. So in the off weeks, I really, I would, initially that was when I did most of my writing. Got it. Um, But I would also find I'd be missing, we may also do two or three week runs of the show. And then I'm like, well, now I've missed like three weeks worth of writing. And sometimes, especially in the fall, it could be like, I'd, we'd have a three week run of shows. My one off week would be Thanksgiving and then three more weeks. Well, I can't write on Thanksgiving cause we're away. So now like that's two months down. So what I started doing was I'd start writing on the train when I go to, on the way to work. Um, just finding those times during the day, during the show weeks when I could write. Yeah, it takes focus. It's, you know, once <laughs> I got into the, the, the rhythm of it, it wasn't bad. And really? uh, I, I have a little blip I mentioned in the back of, uh, Uh, in in my acknowledgments in the book, but, um, New Jersey transit has quiet cars. Okay. And I just, they're which are legitimately quiet. Um, people are pretty, uh, pretty stringent about it. They don't, if you're talking, they, they kick you out. It's like self police. So it's very nice, but, um, self police.
0: So someone goes crazy on there. Everyone's going to like, get the hell out of here, dude.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, is a, there can be a lot of like passive aggressive shushing, and then there's always one person who'd be like, "All right, this is a quiet car," and people act like you told them they were they're on the wrong train to Mars or something. I'm, what? <laughs> yeah, it's, just be quiet. Get off the train. <laughs> Go to another car, man. Not a big deal. <laughs> or stop talking. But well, um,
0: I didn't know that was a thing.
1: Yeah, on most on longer commuter commuter lines, there's usually some quiet like, quiet car. But um, so I'd sit in the car, and then uh, I usually get a decent amount done, and then on the way home, I do uh, some more. Um, and if there were quiet times at work, uh, I'd get some stuff done. But um,
0: it still takes focus, though. Like every time you have a free minute when you are not working, you are like, "Okay, I am still not. I am not going to just daydream or look at YouTube videos."
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I make it sound like I am more focused than I am. I got it, like the stupid oh, phone. Oh, come on,
0: man! I got. I now I feel like you are ruining this image of me of you that I have of you. <laughs> you are this, this super focused, compartmentalized person that works on doesn't waste any minutes of his day.
1: Oh, my whole, yeah, no, every second is completely, there's something's productive happening every day. Yes. Second yes. Uh, no, the, the dumb phone. I had to, the best thing that happened in my life is that, that, um, uh, Apple put in the, the time limit thing. You can set the, um, uh, you can set the time limit for social media. I've mm-hmm. seen this as like, whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. So I've set I, I finally did that. And that made, that made a huge difference in my life. Um, cause I could, I, in fact, what, I had What's
0: your limit on social media.
1: I, I keep it at like 15 minutes, whatever the shortest is. 15 minutes a day. Yeah. Wow. That's so I'm not gonna I'm not going to lie to you and tell you, I don't do ignore, ignore it sometimes. But, um, I, I just, it was, I wasn't getting anything done. It was, yeah. I, you know, you, as soon as I had to stop writing, I, 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 I hand wrote the book cause I couldn't, um, w- when I was doing the first book, I couldn't, um, I discovered I just can't write into the computer because as soon as I my I was having trouble thinking the next word, I just clicked over to the internet. Oh yeah, and that's just, right. It's so tempting. Yeah, it's right there, and
0: I find and, that to be the case at work too. If I'm like, ah, I don't really know the answer to this, I don't want to work. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna look at something.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so just 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 to turn somebody just need that break, to turn your brain off. But it's right. a way worse way to turn off your brain. Yeah. Um. So I started writing in a notebook because I. At least that way i could ignore old school look at that yeah yeah so I, I hand wrote it all that's also why it took so much longer. using Is a it... pencil
0: too that'd be no, pretty awesome
1: pen i got it wow <laughs> but uh i'd uh you i just had, be I had... this
0: throwback guy on a train writing in a notebook with a pencil
1: yeah just a cigarette hanging in my mouth <laughs> um but i had uh, then i had to transcribe it back like i mean then if i Obviously, I have to go back to the computer, so I have to type it in. But it's so I, a lot
0: easier to transcribe rather than come up with stuff and write on the fly on a computer.
1: Yeah, because then right. I don't have to stop and think about what it is. Like you just exactly. Going, it's mindless. Going. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I. It was, it was. Stupid phones are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: They're absolutely. I mean, it, phones are like a blessing and a curse all in one. Like they've connected the world more than ever. We can find. We're more uh, easily accessible to. All sorts of information, but goddamn, are they distracting?
1: So distracting, I, and
0: I, and I think and take away from like regular life pro- productivity.
1: I, I yeah, absolutely. There was I, I saw um, Neil Gaiman was on Seth's show a while back, and he had a very good quote. He had a very good uh, little s- snippet um, where he's talking about we don't let ourselves be bored anymore, and he's saying how boredom is so important for creativity or just anything in your life that it lets your mind sort of process information and let your mind wander. Uh, And he's like, that's why people you hear more people say stuff like I had my best idea in the shower because you can't have your phone in the shower Mm. you're separated from the world. But he was saying, you know, you got to let yourself be bored and just sort of look at the world around you. And I, I, try to kind of do that a lot more now and i like especially waiting in line in the supermarket you know they your, your instinct. first
0: instinct is to pull out your phone
1: yeah and i'm like don't do that just like sit here and just stare into space or look at people see what try to figure out what their lives are
0: yeah um, i wish i could i i should i should do start doing that too like i I find myself being you know waiting in line okay i'm i don't want to look around i'd rather just look at my phone Cause that's what everyone else is doing. It's almost like weird if you're not looking at your phone.
1: Yeah, and it's, I, it. I start to notice now, I've seen it like waiting for the train, especially. I look down, up and down the aisle, and uh, or the platform, and you just see everyone's head down looking at their mm-hmm. phone. Like, wow, this is weird.
0: <laughs> remember, remember. I mean, you, I was young. I'm um, old enough to still remember not having phones. Yeah, but oh, yeah. I mean, you know, like you would just bored or just look around or like daydream or imagine things you wouldn't you wouldn't be distracted oh
1: total. it was so, well, how old are you i'm
0: 31, 31.
1: Okay, so, so i got
0: my first cell phone when i was in high school so probably like 14 okay so i still like can remember being under 14 was it a Not, cell
1: phone or is it a smartphone
0: it was what was it was a razor okay I believe it was called the, the Razer from T-Mobile. Right, right, right. So, so I, little, I think it was a pseudo smartphone. You, right. It was like like very pixelated images. You could anything, play a couple games, maybe look up the internet, but not really when it wasn't fast
1: or anything. Yeah, like anything pre-iPhone, I figure it was just straight cell phone. Yeah. yeah,
0: then I would consider that a cell phone. Yeah. I didn't get my first iPhone shoot. So probably college? Might have been like, might have been after college. I don't remember. It wasn't it wasn't a great phone until yeah. like after
1: college, right? Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. iPhone was after college, so yeah, that's that was probably twenty two, twenty three. It was when I was finally like, oh, this is what the rest of the world lives
1: like now. Yeah, I held off so long to getting an iPhone, and then out of principle, or yeah, yeah, being a being a cheap Jew, I was like, <laughs> mm, I don't want to. I don't. I basically didn't want to pay for a data plan. Like I was like, this is I. Had like gotten grandfathered into some like unlimited talk and text plan. Yeah, you
0: know what? I wasn't, I was on the same boat too. Where in college, I was on some unlimited plan with a, you know, a, a pseudo, not really a smartphone. It was like a pseudo smartphone, just like color images on my screen, but nothing right. great. And I was on like the unlimited text and calling. And I was like, why? Like, everyone was getting iPhones and I was going, why do you guys need that mm-hmm. all the phone is for all i use this phone for is to call and text yeah i don't need that and then i got the iphone at first i was overwhelmed like oh my god this is crazy like someone teach me how to use this and now i'm like well, why would you not have an iphone or a yeah. smartphone
1: it's very hard to function in the world without it now i, I well just, everything every yeah i mean the train i again talk i'm talking a lot about commuting but the train tickets you bet all the tickets are online now or you get you there's an app for it
0: absolutely which, I, I work in sports and entertainment mm-hmm. and a lot of the sports and entertainment tickets are now all they're not even they're getting rid of paper tickets so
1: i mean it makes sense like why yeah. it's it's probably security wise it's far easier you can't much easier, probably easier not to forge or, yep. Uh, yep, yeah
0: yeah it is it, that's that's one of the big reasons is Paper tickets are easy to like a PDF where they can print out very easy to counterfeit. Yeah. Um, Regular old hard stock tickets. Um, You can't really. So another big thing is if they they give away the hard stock ticket, you don't know who that person is coming into the building. But if the phones are, if the tickets are mobile, then you know exactly who those tickets are going to and who's coming into your building.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And, I'm sure on like the marketing side of it too you now you know all their data you know yep. who their age and what they watch and now yeah. you know
0: you know yeah. who they are and you know who to you know you're not marketing to uh Joe over here who has season tickets but really just gives them away to all his friends you're now you're you're like oh I'm gonna market to all his friends now right. like, I'm gonna make sure they buy tickets so that's that's what the a lot it's a lot of its security but a lot of it's data mining
1: yeah yeah so that's the yeah, that's the other side of it. yeah
0: that's the that's the uh that's the side of it where, you're
1: like, Imran will be like,
0: oh, my God, the Illuminati's watching you.
1: He's right. Unfortunately, like, <laughs> it's not the Illuminati. It's the Russians, but it's fine. They're watching. Yes. they are. Well, same, yeah, Then it's, like, in <laughs> Facebook, too. And yeah. Yeah, I know. It's what, how much privacy are you willing to give up? And I don't know. Wait, so what, what do you – I don't think I know this. What do you do exactly?
0: Yeah, so I don't – I can tell you off air exactly with the company I work for. mm um, but I do. So I used to work for a minor league sports team in Chicago, mm-hmm. where I would I sold tickets. Basically, I'd call businesses, call individuals, um, sell them tickets to sporting the sporting team that I worked for. Mm-hmm. Um, season tickets, group outings, things like that. And then eventually, I got promoted up to where I was selling, but then also managing a team under me to do the same thing I was doing. Oh, cool. Um, and then from there, I moved on to a much much bigger company. Um, that is involved in live events, um, whether they be sporting events or concerts or theater. And I, I don't necessarily sell tickets anymore. I more or less help um, brokers. Are you familiar with brokers? Yes. Yeah, I, I help them sell their, their tickets now. Oh. So that's that very- that's the gist of my role. But yeah, I'm in, I'm in live events, basically. That's so awesome. It is really cool. So there's a lot of cool perks, and it's cool to monitor you know, what concerts and tickets and sporting events are are being out and released and all that jazz. So I'm I'm pretty aware of literally everything that's going on in
1: entertainment. Is there... um, Do you get to go to the shows? I do. Yeah, I do get to
0: go to... It's not like unlimited. So the first thing I got when I started working at this company was everyone was going, oh, can you get me free tickets? No, I can't get you free (laughs) tickets. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I can in some instances, but... A lot of it's mostly like I have to be there, uh, like, I'm yeah, not supposed yeah. to be abusing it, and like there's limits to stuff I can get like I can't just be like I want to go to every single concert that comes through here right it, it there's like you have to pick and choose and there you get like a certain allotment of how many you can go to per year mm-hmm. so you have to I have to be a little bit more careful with it, but yeah, I do get I do get some cool perks Who,
1: uh, what have you seen that was, has been cool so far? um I've only started working there
0: within the past month and a half. Oh, okay. Uh, but I saw—I don't know how familiar you are with like um, hip hop and R&B, but I saw uh, Khalid a couple weeks ago.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah he's I an R&B them.
0: singer. I saw Wiz Khalifa, who's a, a rapper. Yeah, um, I'm going to Lollapalooza for free. Ooh, all right. Um, actually, when this show releases, I'll have been at Lollapalooza for free. Nice. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I plan to do uh, Florida Georgia Line. I've never been to a country concert, so I'm going to do that.
1: Oh, that be I bet that would be good.
0: Yeah, I've never actually done it. Um I hear I have a, I like some of the music. I'm not like the biggest country fan. Yeah. But if it's free and I can experience something different, why not, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um I I have never been to a country concert myself, but I do every now and then when I'm like tired of listening to what, to like the same radio stations over and over, I'll turn on like the local uh, country station. I'm like, "Oh, this is a nice change of pace. This is I'm enjoying this." mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
0: No, a, I, I yeah, it is a nice change of pace. What were you saying?
1: I was to say it's it's interesting with country music. I I've, I'm sure you sort of get this, and maybe it's different in Chicago. I don't know, but um, for I, we've noticed this at SNL that um, we'll have country music stars on, mm-hmm. and we're not a hundred percent aware. Like we will maybe a little bit aware of the name, and our ratings go through the roof. Because like oh the re- the whole rest of the country knows loves this person watches and wants to see this person, and we had like almost zero understanding of who they were.
0: I, I I my theory on that is I think growing up in Chicago I didn't wasn't all that ex- exposed to country music.
1: Yeah, I think then, big cities. the yes. coast, you're just not. And it's exactly. Not,
0: but yeah. Then once I moved to the, just moving to the suburbs, and then going down. Out of uh, going down to school in Urbana-Champaign, which is like two and a half hours south of Chicago, mm. then I was like, "Oh my god, all these white people from the suburbs love country." Yeah. Like literally all of them. Like it's, everyone loves country. Like I a, was like, "Wow, this is way more prevalent than I thought." I thought this was like a niche genre, like in some like rural part of the of the U.S. where there was like one house every two miles. No, no
1: not at all. It's big time. It's big, big time. time. Yeah, yeah. It's like. Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's very surprising every time. But um, yeah, but I think always- it's getting
0: more prevalent too in the big cities because obviously those people that grew up with country in the suburbs of big cities then move to the city and yeah. then they like country. So I'm seeing like a lot more country stuff come through Chicago. That's right? very interesting. Like,
1: yeah, we get New York's definitely been getting their fair share of shows like that.
0: Yeah, um, it's it's. I mean, it's like I said, it's not my favorite thing in the world, but. I, I hear it's fun and the music isn't terrible, so why not? Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: that's cool. That's very yeah. that's a fun job.
0: Yeah, no, I'll tell you about I'll tell you exactly where off air. It's just one of those things where and I I've said this before on this show, but um I don't make enough money on this podcast yet to do it full time. <laughs> right. So you could you could isolate any piece of audio on me and make me make it sound like I'm a really bad person. <laughs> so I don't know. No. I, I trust all our. I trust all my listeners, but you never can be too careful. So I don't want someone googling me and being like, "Oh, you worked there." Let me just report to your boss that you said this.
1: Well, it's. It, it, I think it's wise. I think that's very wise. You don't know. I don't even think it's a matter of like what you say. Like the what you say now, it's what something you said in the past that could now be misconstrued.
0: Yeah, yeah, like that James Gunn stuff.
1: Yeah, it's so. <laughs> I like that's, that's crazy. Like, um, everything like, Oh, was it Kevin Hart had the same
0: thing? Yeah. Kevin Hart had something. I think it was that. The, yeah. I think it was something similar.
1: you very well. Yeah. He had like a, a, he had like a lot of anti-gay stuff. in his. yeah, he uh, had some bits
0: where he was saying like paraphrasing, but if his son, if he were to find out his kids were gay, he'd beat them up or something
1: like that. Yeah, And that's, and by the way, stuff that was like, had been out there for years and part of his act that made him super famous I mean, not defending like the the context, of the material, but like it wasn't a secret. It was not that was what it was kind of crazy, right? It's, this wasn't hidden. It's on albums, like it's out right. there, right? Um, but yeah, it's it just you need times need to shift a little bit, and suddenly you can't say it, and you can get in trouble for it. Yeah, but it, it's it, it's wise. It's wise to be cautious.
0: You know, that brings up a, a point that I can transition with you to SNL a little bit. Is that something you have to be cautious of now when you're writing for SNL? um because it seems like let me let me provide some context it seems like the world is a lot more sensitive yes. <laughs> nowadays and a lot more um hyper aware of what is being joked about or what is even being said
1: yeah it's a hard it's it's not you, you guys are our-
0: on an, oh sorry and you guys aren't like hbo or like netflix where you can just like swear or you know or like be a little bit more edgy you it's know, not No, it's
1: not. I don't even think it matters if it's edgy or not. I don't think it's HBO or any or Netflix or any of those are ex, excluded from it. Sure. It's, um It's a little. I mean, PC police. To, it, uh, that's kind of a oversimplification of it, but um, we do have to ask ourselves as we're going to closer and closer to air, like, can this turn around and bite us in the ass? Um, and you have to weigh uh, for me, the metric is, is what we're saying defendable.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So if it's something that's off color, if it's something that, that the audience could ooh at, I think it's a, you don't want to do that too much because you don't want to alienate the audience that they're going to like be upset by everything you say. But sure. I, it, I think if it's an, if it's a joke that, is making a point that says something that, um, that you know, your your target is a higher target. You're you're picking on somebody, um, not just picking on a little person, but you're picking on you know a higher um, a politician or something. Um, and you can defend it, and it's something that you can say. This you no, know, what well, my point was accurate. Um, I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. I think if you're making fun of if it's an off color joke and it's a topic of somebody who got hurt, if it's somebody who, you know, they have a disability or something. I mean, not if we'd never do that, but like something in that range where you kind of can't say the next day, all right, we sh- maybe that was off. That was too far. Mm-hmm. And that's, we do go through that filter every throughout the day on Saturday of like, all right, that's, you know, we, we, we've been laughing at this joke. All right, now how's the audience going to react to this? Right. Um, there's, it, we, Colin kind of got in some trouble, um, it's been a couple of years now, um, where he did this, it was a joke about Tinder had like 37 new categories, gender categories. And the punchline was one of them. I'm paraphrasing the punchline and apologize to the writer if they're listening and hear me paraphrase it wrong but basically the gist of the joke was um, 37 different uh, types of gender. That's it's, one of them is also called uh, the reason Hillary lost. Mm-hmm. And there was a big uproar the next day of, uh, from trans community and a lot of, and, uh, who were like, well, that's, are you saying Hillary, that we cost Hillary the election? And that wasn't really the point of the joke. The point of the joke was that, the Democrats sort of got so in the weeds of like different social issues mm-hmm. as, and and completely missed the bigger point of not campaigning in Michigan. Like, um, and the, the economy, you know, the, the, to, they weren't campaigning for workers and stuff and that, but mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm losing my train of thought here, but that <laughs> I, was the point. Following. the point of the joke was not an anti-trans joke and mm-hmm. that's how it got interpreted. And it's, uh, oh,
0: Man, that's hard though. That's hard though to, to interpret how it will be interpreted by different groups of people.
1: Yeah, and I mean, we try our it best. It's but sometimes it's just things just go through, or you know, we fortunately we get to hear it in front of an audience right. a number of times, and so we we get a good sense, especially after dress. Like, all right, this is we can hear the audience that wasn't on board with this.
0: So the audience is there for all the different. Tests basically. They're,
1: well, we have um, we have a run through that we do at seven o'clock on Saturdays, which is mainly the studio uh, crew. Mm-hmm. So it's a bunch of union dudes in New York. So like, that's not the most accurate <laughs> assessment of <laughs> like. They'll probably
0: laugh at most anything, huh?
1: They'll laugh at stuff that like's really off color, and you're like, yeah, right. "Wait a second, <laughs> right? That's uh, hold on, is this going to Th- I mean, and that's then, just
0: that's just normal talk for them at the job. yeah, exactly, yeah."
1: yeah. Uh, and then dress rehearsal, uh, we do have a full studio audience, and that starts that starts at eight o'clock. And so we have that's regular people, and that gives us a good sense um, of you know where people are going to be at.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so by air, we kind of and then within the show itself, you know, all the producers have been watching, and not just Weekend Update, but everybody, right? All the uh, all producers all around. So like they they'll chime in, and especially if there is something. Fortunately now I think the show is diversified a lot behind the scenes, so there are certainly a lot more women in power at the show than when I started. And so we'll always, you know, they'll they'll be like, yeah, a joke is not something that two men should be making. And we're like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're probably right,
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but by, uh, by the end of every show, is it like a like like a relief, or is it still like joyous for you? Where you're like, man, eh, we did we did another one there's like oh we got it done
1: it's a Man. little bit we got it done we got it over the line uh, yeah yeah
0: we, 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 we scored on this one but we barely got it over basically
1: yeah sometimes it's yeah it's it's there's always the excitement when it's just when the show starts mm-hmm. um and some weeks you feel really great about everything and then some weeks uh, for me I've been doing this a long time some weeks I'm just like just let's just get this on TV. I want to go home. <laughs> mm. But, um, and hey, what you, time
0: are you getting home? Sorry.
1: I get the show ends at one and, uh, they give us, I fortunately get a car service home. So I'll oh, get, nice. usually, I try to be in the car at one and usually I'm home by one 45 at the latest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, my wife usually lets me sleep in on Saturday or uh, Sunday a little bit, then, There you go. but you can only sleep in so much. The kids are, yeah. Definitely. I was going to say you got two kids. I stay in the I stay in the city Friday nights because we work till two, three in the morning, and then I have to be back at starting about ten the next morning. So coming back and forth to Jersey is impossible. So I I'm,
0: this is twenty-two weeks out of the year?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Friday and Saturday I'm just gone from the house. So the kids are usually like, all right, where have you been?
0: What what's your Sunday through Thursday
1: then like? Sunday, um home. Uh and Monday through Thursday. Thursday are pretty much normal working hours. Like a nine uh, at to least five. We'll update. Yeah, we don't, um, because it, we pretty much put update together on Friday nights and Saturday morning, we, uh, we have a team of writers who are writing all week long, but we don't lock it down until the end of the week, so we really don't need to stay late, and I certainly don't try to stay late at the beginning of the week. Mm-hmm. Come home, make dinner for the kids, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um but then friday and saturday i just have to be there friday and saturday right what's what's
0: off season like then uh like are you still going to an office or because i i'm 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 traditional i'm the normal nine to five i mean i did work in sports so i would have to work weekends as well but i'm i'm used to that going to the office monday going going home at five o'clock doing that again
1: yeah, no, we on off weeks we don't really have to go in. I mean right. some there is some stuff that happens, it's more so than it used to, uh, but um I I don't usually need to. We're not doing anything for updates, so I usually don't have to go in.
0: Wow, so thirty thirty weeks out of the year you're kind of more free?
1: Yeah, so that's I fill it up with writing and, and chores around the house and taking care of the kids and that kind of stuff.
0: And you don't do, you don't have like a side job or anything like that?
1: No, 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 no. no. That's, that's good? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. pretty awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 20, I mean, 22 weeks out of
0: the year, your your schedule's pretty rough. Yeah. But then the other 30, you're like, whew, okay, yeah, I can be not, with that's the family. A, it's, it's not bad. I can bad. do my hobbies.
1: I, yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm fortunate that it gives me the time to write. That's one of the, that's a definite big perk.
0: That's awesome let me ask you this going back to the kind of the topic of you know um being a little bit more aware of what you're writing and all that stuff you know imran and especially rugboy laments about this all the time especially in comedy but where where do you see comedy going in the, in the environment that we have right now
1: um that's a really good question i uh
0: having been involved in comedy for as long as you have
1: i f- don't see this as a sustainable I don't see this it can't be right I I think it'll go away at some point Um, I think we're in sort of in the in the heat of it right now of calling people to task for not being open minded Mm -hmm. Um, but comedy can't be that and survive it's not it doesn't become funny right and and I'm not I'm not advocating making up you know making fun of people who shouldn't be made fun of. I think the comedy has to, has to be a little reckless and it has to be mean on a certain level. It doesn't have to be harsh, mm-hmm. but you you comedy is about making a point about something. It's making an observation about the world around us and it cannot and it will die in an environment where you have to make you have to worry about offending some no i'm sorry you have to worry about making everyone happy with that joke
0: yeah i, I think I, that seems to be the difference is not necessarily worrying about or not worrying about offending people but having to worry about making people happy every time
1: yeah and i i think that will i th- i think part of the big problem is bloggers there's a lot of there's so many it's such a general term but I, there are so many sites dedicated to comedy and so many sites just didn't need content mm-hmm. and everybody has to have some kind of hot take and so you're really digging deep to find something and What's happening is they're digging so deep they're tearing apart something that just, there's nothing to tear apart. I mean, com- a joke is a, is, should be a superfluous thing that kind of lives for two seconds and goes away. You, there's, it's right. not meant to stand up to too much scrutiny. And these websites are scrutinizing material like this. And it just can't. It, it won't. You can't keep doing it if that's what the, the, the circumstances are going to be. Mm-hmm. I, I think there'll be a backlash against this. I, th- I, I think. I don't know when it'll happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I sort of see a. I feel like I see a collapse of, not a collapse, but a, a seismic shift in what social media is coming up somewhere on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when that happens, you'll see a lot of that kind of that, go away. Yeah, that online vitriol will go away a little bit, um, and that—that's really what it is. You you stir up the cry. You know, someone some guy blog blogs about some joke they don't like, and then everyone po- dog piles on on that right. person. And I think, I think there's going to be changes to social media. and When that happens, you're going to that kind of that kind of mob mentality is going to kind of fade a little bit. I hope. Do you have a prediction
0: on what, what kind of changes we'll see into social media?
1: I don't, I think there's going to be some kind of accountability that's going to be forced upon Facebook and everything else and mm. Twitter and whatnot. Um, I, I don't see it happening soon, but I, I think we, what we saw from the 2016 election and, the, and there's, they've sort of been dragging their feet on it. But what we saw with 2016 election is there is there's, there's free speech and then there's completely unrestricted speech with no consequences. Mm -hmm. And that's what needs to be reined back in. You can't, you cannot just go on a, you can't walk into a movie theater and yell fire. Right. And what's happening online is people are yelling fire online and there's no repercussions for it. Mm, Yeah. Um, and,
0: the only thing that's scary about what you're suggesting, and and I agree, there's needs to be accountability for. You can't just say, you can't just make false claims and say things, and just let it be out there as if no one's checking you. the only The only thing is, is who checks that person? Like you don't that's, want Twitter
1: monitoring that, right? Right. And you don't. And, and you don't want the government monitoring. But you don't it. want government monitoring. Like who does it? I don't. I don't know. That's that is That's a hard question. Because right. I. I remember somewhere in, some college or high school or something, learning about this that sometimes technology evolves faster than morality, mm-hmm. and the internet is an incredible example of that. That it's we have this tool, we have this communication device, but we weren't ready for it yet. No, and so we weren't we weren't ready for morons to get a hold of it. Well, for anyone, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's it's, and I think it brings out it brings out the worst in people. I mean, it's, I agree. you, you hear comments from aunts and uncles who you, who you know are good people who will say the worst things online, the darndest things online. Yeah. And without understanding that they have these words hurt. Um,
0: well, I, you, I, you get that, you get the older generation that a lot of times doesn't understand the, the, how their words project over a large audience. Yeah. You know, yeah. without any sort of tone or context then you also get um a lot of people that just wouldn't say this stuff in yeah. in real life but under the guise of being you know behind a keyboard they feel like they can say these things
1: yeah yeah i think i'm almost wondering if just ripping away the anonymity of it and that's not even true there's really yeah, that's the thing an-
0: though even like on, like on the anonymity like on facebook i still see like you know, people's first and last name and they say stuff. They're they're not,
1: it's not hiding. It's out in the open. Yeah.
0: And their profile pictures sitting right there wearing, you know, some sort of racist thing or, or just sitting there back to normal as if like, okay, this is really how you think, huh?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like Twitter has some anonymity to it and Instagram, but a lot of times Facebook, I see. I see some, you know, you go to the comment section on anything political on Facebook and it's, it's just successful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's. I, unfortunately I think that's not the hatred and politics is going to only get ramped up in the next two years did
0: did you guys notice any backlash because he not not you per se but your show was doubling down on a lot of the Trump stuff
1: um I don't know
0: if or was it funny just because he was so sensitive about it that you could just kept going with it because he just kept being so sensitive about it
1: well Yeah, I mean that's certainly it's it feeds itself. I mean when he he writes itself. Yeah, and um, uh, I don't know if there how much like online backlash we'd get. I Mm. I I don't really follow that. Right. Um, I'm sure. Was wondering maybe
0: you could feel anything when you're in the in the office. Like, oh man, we're really getting it from um, from the right.
1: Sometimes I. I don't know. I I think they were certainly looking for ways to try to attack us, I think on on some level. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, yeah, I, uh, no, I, I, I mean, I, I actually, I think part of it is, um, I, I, I think it's sort of the middle of the road, middle of the country. Um, enjoys seeing that, whether there's Trump supporters or not, I think mm-hmm. they kind of enjoy watching it. Um, I, I noticed this going back a little back in time uh, around 2001, right after nine
2: 11,
1: mm-hmm. um, there was an interesting thing I discovered about the show that uh, there was a, right around that time, there was a, just patriotism, reached a fever pitch right after nine eleven. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot there were probably about definitely six months where you just you don't you didn't question the government, you didn't question uh President Absolutely. Bush. Everything, you know, the it's us versus them. Right. And,
0: and we're, we're doing it whatever it takes,
1: right. Yeah. And so you just you can't question what George Bush is doing, even though we all know he was he's a big dummy, but he's <laughs> He's our president and America's good. And so relatively shortly after nine eleven, I remember Tina was doing update at the time. We did we're doing some jokes and we did a couple jokes about Bush being dumb.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the audience it was this address rehearsal and the audience turned on her and really started kind of booing. And I remember I, I don't think she said it on to the crowd, but she definitely said it backstage. She's like, he didn't get any smarter because those buildings fell down like <laughs> He's still a big dummy. and uh, and it was, But it was interesting. We couldn't make fun of him. But um, when Will Ferrell was playing him and doing the same type of – he's a big dummy – not big dummy, but like same type of dummy jokes mm-hmm. about him, the audience loved it. And I think it was – there's sort of a willing suspension of disbelief that Will – Will is playing him, and it's sort of like he's in the room, and it's sort of like Bush is in on the joke a little bit,
0: right? Where it, like the celebrity kind of endorses it, or this this professional comedian endorses it. Well, okay, it's I think okay.
1: It's, it's like a psychological phenomenon with the audience where they were like, "This, yeah, like the, the some some level George Bush must be approving this." Yeah, there, if there's, must, some, there,
0: they, there's some like some sort of thought of, "Yeah, they must be kind of friends, right?" like, they, yeah, like he wouldn't do this without. George's approval
1: right and he's playing him very lovable and right. and I think a little bit of that happens with Baldwin and Trump where I think most of America is watching this like All right, whether or not you support him or not they're like okay this is these are this is silly jokes and we you know it's okay if he's make if it's okay that he's doing these he's making this silly little sketch
0: and it's it's fun to poke fun at the people on top
1: right yeah, totally, and there's that too. Yeah, um, whereas I think when you're saying it about somebody, that I think gets their ire up. Mm. Um, but uh, with except with Trump, who does not like the visual of being made fun of.
0: No, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't like any any sort of weakness being no. portrayed. And if he lets someone in a role on NBC on Saturday Night Live make fun of him without him at least saying something it shows weakness.
1: Totally. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's, it is again, complete opposite where he responds to that visual, but almost never, I don't think he's ever said anything about update when we do jokes about him because he doesn't listen to those things. Mm-hmm. And he certainly has never said anything about like when Seth does closer looks where he tears him apart for 20 minutes a night. <laughs> yeah and he you know but he though he'd have to pay attention to something like that and he right. doesn't.
0: So. I mean that, yeah that's something where you actually have to be intent whereas if you come across someone that looks like you or someone's going be, to be like hey man like they they're they're making fun of you again on Saturday night live they got the guy Alec Baldwin again they looks making him dress like you.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a little more of a um active listening watching to to catch this the weekend update stuff.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally.
0: Do you um? Are you when when they like who? What's the process? I don't know how how um involved you are, but what's the process on them selecting hosts and musical guests? Is that like a year-round thing that they have to plot out for twenty-two episodes?
1: Yeah, I'm, I they certainly. I'm not part of this process, sure. uh, but I, I um, they definitely put a lot of thought into the the season premiere. Um, it's it's a a whole it's a whole calculus of like, do they have something to promote? Are they, you know, um, will they be a good host peer? And just in general, will they be good on the show? Right. Um, are they available? That's the other big thing. They have to be free for a week. Um, they can do like, it's actually a little easier now because all the talk show, almost all the late night talk shows are here now. Mm-hmm. So it, it used to be like, they would do if there had something coming up, they would have to go out to LA to do all the press. Um, and now they generally are here, mm. so that makes it a little more, e- a little easier that they can be available. But um, yeah, it's 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 a weird balance of that. And then as the year progresses, um, they uh, I think they may one of the, they always kind of a big focus on who's hosting the Christmas show and who's hosting the finale. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know they're try to find interesting people throughout the year, try to make it, try to balance it out and. and do something different each you know each do the
0: celebs week. ever get on weekend update sometimes so uh-huh. let's say you get a you're like this this week we're gonna have Liv schreiber he's on weekend update like do you when you're writing for that or when you're producing for that and the writers of course are writing you know are they accommodating for like are they doing research on like okay where can i put this person to make him funny as
1: well or well, like, how do you accommodate on, if he's coming on if the host is coming on update. There's usually a very specific idea that has been pitched. Okay. So it's usually, we don't usually have to scramble to put the host in. And and Who, the other who's thing is pitching that idea. Oh, it could come from any number of places. Okay. Um, it could be a writer could have come up with an idea. The host sometimes it it's, it used to happen. Um, when we had more recurring characters, there were always hosts. I would want to do the characters with the people. So we'd have like, um, forget now it's but it's there were a whole string of them were, um I can't I'm kind of blanking on examples now but it's all good um, <laughs> but you know we have it like a drunk uncle or something or where there people just the host like drunk uncle and wanted to a shot to kind of do it with him mm-hmm. um, so but mainly hosts don't come on update because they it's sort of their time to rest got it like the whole show is such a, a it's such a marathon and they kind of get to rest during music before update. And then they get to watch rest through update. But, um, every now and then there's an idea like, uh, and Timberlake would be on a lot. We ha- did stuff on update a while, for a while. Um, God, who else would people come through? Uh, if Tina, if, and if like Tina was hosting, she would usually appear on update. Mm-hmm. Jimmy definitely did a couple times, but that was, they had a very specific connection to update. So there was sort of, so it was kinda Yeah.
0: It was a little easier to, to incorporate them. I was wondering if there was like times where you you know you're writing you're like, Oh man, this host now wants to be on update. How do we you know, we're used to working with this crew of people that we know the talents of, we know we can jot the timing and comedic elements of, but now we gotta work with this kind of this wild card for this part of the show.
1: Yeah, it's it just happens so rarely, it's usually not if it does happen, it's it's I can't even think of a time where it's when we had to scramble for something mm. for a host to be on. Yeah,
0: got it. Are you? Uh, you don't go to the parties anymore, huh? Are they still doing those?
1: Oh yeah, they still do. Them. No, I, I don't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is that what? What is this? So for the audience that doesn't know, after every episode, you guys throw a little party.
1: Yeah, after every show, they have a party, a cast party, um, and uh, you know, different restaurants and bars throughout the city. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, a start they start it, well, the show ends at one and theoretically the party starts at one, but you know, you don't get over there till one and then you, know, you schmooze and have a couple drinks and it's three 30 in the morning and your Sunday is, and then sometimes they now more often than not they have after, after, after afters. So they'll have the party goes to four whenever the restaurant closes. And then there's a party after that that starts at four. And I just got to go, say,
0: oh, go ahead. Sorry.
1: And you can go to like seven in the morning. Um, but I, you, it is like 20 year olds can only do that. I, (laughs) I just cannot. All all
0: I got to say is I, do you remember what we talked about the first time you were ever on? Uh, not really. What? I'll, I'll remind you because it's important to me. Um, if I were ever to come out there, especially with Imran, I, I would like to, uh, see you. Yes. Yes. Um, but also be involved in some of this, live audience after party whatever the hell and you were like yeah i'll
1: do it for sure oh that was that was a very young man who said that uh you yeah. can go home just get us in yeah yeah i can get you in i can do that and then i'm gonna go home and go to bed yeah you can, you'll
0: you be home by about two two thirty
1: yeah, yeah. yeah um yeah they're they're fun but they're they are quite exhausting it's I, it I was bet. back in the day when i did that it was
0: were you doing it every week Oh yeah. Oh man. And wait, were you were you still like late twenties, early thirties?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Sundays were yeah. shot. Just yeah. You would. I'd sleep till like noon, maybe two o'clock. Get up, get something to eat, and then like just turn on the TV and veg for a little bit, and then pass out a couple hours. Like it was. They're just done. You couldn't Dude, do anything.
0: That sounds like my current life right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm still single. Oh, so, so there you go.
1: You can do it. You yeah, do I'll do it.
0: the. I'll do the whole. Not all the time, because now it's like really starting to wear on me. But I'll do the go out Saturday night, not get home till like four or five in the morning, sleep till like like you said noon, then get up. And it wasn't like great sleep either. So I'll eat oh, no. and then like decide like I'm going to watch TV. Oh wait, now I guess I'm tired. Okay, now I'm going to nap on the couch. Then you wake up at like seven or eight, and you're like, where did the day go? Yeah. You eat, and then you're like. I'm not tired anymore. Like you ruin your sleep for the next day.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That's, oh, total. It's a terrible pattern. It's a
0: terrible yeah. Terrible. Awful. Yeah. No, but yeah. When I when me and Imran get out there, maybe <laughs> maybe we'll maybe we'll take you up on the offer that you made years ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right, well, <laughs> I'll
0: iso- I'll isolate the audio for it so it's, it's proof.
1: I'll send you with an ins- uh, with an assistant or something. You <laughs> there you go. There you go.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so it's Saturday Night Live, forty four seasons. How, how long can this go? Can this go forever?
1: Well, it's got to go until I can retire, and then I don't care what happens. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so I, at least, at least another what? Twenty years? Fifteen I, years? Yeah, it's got to go. Yeah, I got to get the kids into college, and then uh, yeah, so um, at
0: least twenty years.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I'm definitely. I think as Lorne, as long as Lauren Michaels is around, it'll you know not not going it will keep chugging along. I mean, the ratings um, are still pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, we it's we've been blessed with uh, good news and good good material for the past few years. Um, I mean, the show has always gone through cycles of of being popular and not being popular. I think we've sort of been on a steady upswing over the past probably decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, I, I, and, and the the f- nature of the show allows it to refresh itself. So that you're not not only do as a cast cycle in and out but the writers cycle in and out so you're always getting new voices and new 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 personalities Mm. behind the scenes and in front of the scenes and i think that keeps it fresh um and we happen to be in an era where sort of the only things in network television that do well are live programs
2: Mm -hmm. yeah Um, absolutely
1: so that's a unique thing that certainly was not that was Technology has changed and helped us a little bit for the better. Yeah.
0: The, 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 the only thing, like you said, anything that doesn't um, decrease in viewership is the live aspect of it. And that really helps you.
1: Yeah, it certainly makes it. And, and, and especially.
0: The, well, I was just gonna say the, the feel of anything could happen.
1: Yeah, totally. And, and as we're about to enter an election year, um, that'll, there'll be a lot of attention focused on us, especially, not probably a little bit more so this year um, just with the, the Democrats and and the primaries and stuff that'll be a lot of attention but next fall will be a real big big push um, with old uh, with 2020 election will be a big deal
0: we um, on the show we recently talked about how mad magazine was ending
1: yeah yeah uh, and
0: I wanted to bring up because I just, I literally just thought of this was there ever ever any time while you were working at SNL when you were like, look, those guys at mad TV. That's like, it's kind of scary. They're getting good. Or was there ever any of that feel like they were direct competitors or some oh, sort of threat? It,
1: when it started, yeah. Um, it uh, When did it start? Was it like 2000 or something it started? Uh,
0: 95 was its first year. Went to 95 to 2009.
1: Interesting. And then okay. they, and then they had it renewed.
0: 95. Yeah, and then they renewed for one year in 2016.
1: Um, I, I remember there was definitely a time where I feel like they were getting more good buzz than us mm-hmm. um, but they were never live mm-hmm. and I think I, I don't think I understood it at the time but now I, I do they couldn't be flexible like we could be like if they sort of their shows were, were pre-recorded right? so like they're sort of locked in they can't be topical as much as we could be and I think sort of the death knell was in the, around 2000 with that 2000 election where we got to, we did a lot of stuff with the, um, with the, with the debates and with, uh, with Bush and Gore. But then as that, that, uh, the recount stretched out, we were sort of got to be on top of that. And if you can't be on top of that and, and have something about it, you know, something may change on Friday night. They couldn't respond to it; we could. And I think it sort of it makes them feel a little less relevant. Mm. Um, and I, and I think just Fox just doesn't have the patience. It was I'm sure it was not. It, those shows get expensive. We're an expensive show to do. I mean,
0: I mean yeah, bring in doing live. Um, the amount they the celebs, the, the artists that you bring in—it's all top notch.
1: Well, yeah, I mean it's, and then just the production cost of it and doing sure. this, still, it's it's not a cheap show, and um, someday NBC is going to be like, hey, <laughs> <this> <laughs> let's is move a you profitable... over to a, some streaming thing.
0: Yeah. Oh no. Doubt. <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. I mean that's <laughs> you know nothing dies forever anymore, in and uh, television, everything kind of finds a new home on a different pl- platform.
0: Definitely, I I definitely agree. Um, how are you on time?
1: Uh, I've probably got about five more minutes if that's cool. Okay,
0: yeah, no, that's good. So let me ask you this: since you're kind of a comedy expert, what do you uh, have you are you caught up on all the Marvel stuff? Yes. What do you think about uh, what they're doing and their brand of humor that they weave into their stuff?
1: I think it's brilliant. I, yeah? I, I, I just I just love those movies. I've started watching them with my son. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't quite get everything but he's enjoying it um, I uh, I've been I everything I everything through endgame was just I thought it was stunning I, I think I think the humor is great I think they have they found something in a way to a, a voice um, that in a lot of ways I thought ca- captured the humor that I found in Marvel Comics that made me love Marvel Comics as a kid mm-hmm and they found a way to translate that to the big screen that didn't seem corny and felt organic. Um, they did a great job with developing their talent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and and, and course correcting. It, it's, this is a little rambling answer, but they, they, I think, they. Thor is an excellent example of, of their course correction, where they they sort of discovered, oh, Chris Hemsworth is. Funny dude. Right. And, like, we're able to give him, like, make that third Thor movie kind of a action comedy.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I would consider it a comedy. I mean, I, yeah, what they, it seemed like to me they realized after Chris Hemsworth was in a few other movies, they're like, wait a minute, this guy, he looks like an action hero, but he's actually, his talent is, he's just really funny. Yeah. yeah. So let's just play that up. Yeah. Like, screw the like uh, the the old thor where he's like talking in like old english and super like proper and wants to be a North, a king or whatever let's just throw him on his
1: head and see yeah. what happens and they and it was such a great thing and i'm i was beyond excited to, about um uh the they're doing jane foster's oh thor.
0: yeah jane foster yeah.
1: like because just the idea of just through the all like all the um those little sides they had in all the Avengers movies, where uh, Natalie Portman wasn't in them, and there's always those little like, where is she? Well, she's busy. She's off doing something. And just the idea that he got dumped by her yeah. is so funny. And now, like, they kind of get to play that up in this movie where they're going to be together. Mm-hmm. Uh, with her kind of being his equal now is going to be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, God, they did. Uh, it's just they're just great movies. It and I reward they just reward you for paying attention mm-hmm. without bogging you down in it. Um, I was, I've kind of consistently been rewatching infinity war, um, which I is just, I think it's just brilliant. I've, the more I watch that movie, the tighter movie it seems. And, yeah. um, and just great jokes in it, but that don't take away from what's happening around it. Um, just, just,
0: yeah. I, one of my favorite jokes in that movie is the running gag that where Thor keeps calling raccoon rabbit. So funny. <laughs> sweet, so sweet funny. rabbit.
1: And even in I love in Infinity War or in an endgame when he's, he goes back to Asgard goes back in time to Asgard and you just hear one of those guards go, Hey, go get that rabbit <laughs> they're like, Oh, they call raccoons rabbit on Asgard. That's what this whole thing. Oh
0: that that is fantastic. Yeah. The other one is he so earnestly uh, a Ra- Ra- rocket raccoon when they're leaving the ship in February, rockets like see you la- like you got a bunch of morons over here and then thor thinks that's their name <laughs> so it goes farewell morons <laughs> and he says it so earnestly like as if he doesn't realize he's
1: insulting all of them yeah it's so and he called a uh called group tree tree yeah he, like, he doesn't need to know their names no because like. It makes he sense. Like, yeah, yeah he, he's, like he's lived that. for
0: fifteen hundred years. He he's going to call you what he wants to call you because he's going to make the read right off the bat that that's what you are.
1: And and that's I think that was a testament to how good an actor Chris Hemsworth is that he can do that without being insulting. Like right. he, it's he sounds like he genuinely likes this person when he calls him just a random name. Right. Exactly. And, yeah. It was, it was fun. I really it's, enjoyed that one.
0: It's great. Um, so I always end the show with. Uh, letting you plug something, anything that you want to plug. So if you want to go, you know, plug Team of Steve's again or anything you want, the floor is yours, Scott.
1: Well, all right. I want to definitely plug Team of Steve's. Um, Again, Mm -hmm. go to Amazon. Yes. Go search Team of Steve's. It'll come up. Buy it. You can read it even better. (laughs) You can read it. Or you can just order copies for everyone you know. Exactly. Um, You know, this is, uh, I, I think... You will enjoy this, I think. If you enjoy light sci-fi, if you enjoy teen comedies, if you enjoy you you enjoy just good books, go read this. You'll have fun. Um, doesn't ask too much of you. There's a little drama in it. That's always fun. Um, but yeah, go go read it and enjoy it. That's again team of Steves. Find it. Um, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Perfect, yeah, that's perfect. perfect. And then at some point, SNL is coming back and you should watch that too. You should watch it, especially watch weekend
0: update. Watch, pro- Yeah.
1: Just just watch weekend update. Cause I, you're the producer fast, on that. It's the best part of the show. Everyone knows It that. really is.
0: <laughs> Definitely. Um, and you're, and you're good. Any, no, nothing, anything else?
1: Um, that's all I got. At some point in my life, um, at some point in my life, my wife's texting me you now. <laughs> <One laughs> at some point, time. at some point in my life, there'll be a second book and, uh, And you should buy that as well. Yeah, you should totally buy that. And then the third one as well. Just set it on that auto-buy thing. Exactly. And just
0: keep watching Saturday Night Live until Scott decides to retire.
1: Exactly, yeah. There you go.
0: Perfect. Well, hey, man, thanks for coming on.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome. This is a Danger
2: Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net. Danger Entertainment Podcast Network.
0: Hey, everybody, this is Heno. And this is Stephanie. And we're from the Gotham Lights Podcast.
1: Also, the Orville Lights Podcast, sometimes.
0: They are two podcasts dedicated to the television show Gotham.
1: And the Orville.
0: Now, where can they reach us, Steph? I'm so glad you asked, Heno. You can find
1: us on Twitter, at Gotham Lights. You can also find us on Facebook, don't you know? Don't you know? Just by searching... (laughs) Gotham Lights. Gotham Lights Podcast at gmail.com.